is the Cloud Now Podcast, your launchpad for Amazon Web Services. Welcome to the Cloud or Not podcast. My name is Andreas. And my name is Michael. We are brothers and freelancers focusing on Amazon Web Services. We do technical coaching, for example, for teams that start their journey with AWS. And we do infrastructure bootstrapping, typically based on our infrastructure as code templates for our clients worldwide. And every other week, we discuss a topic related to AWS in this podcast. One of us prepares the topic, which is not known to the other one. Michael, that's why I'm asking you, what's the subject for this episode? Andreas, um, the subject of this episode is a question that uh, is, uh, so is or a question that I hear often. And the question is actually, uh, what is the difference between ECS and Fargate? And What we're going to do in this podcast episode is we actually talk a little bit about why this is, might not be the right question at all and, and what actually ECS is and what Fargate is and, and how you can use it. So that's kind of the, the, the big topic. So we are going to talk about ECS and Fargate, how they relate to each other uh, and why it's not really a one versus the other um, decision here. That sounds cool, Michael. So um, yeah, as always, um, there is a blog post uh, that covers the same topic as well. So you will find a link to that in the show notes in case you want to reread um, certain things or if you just want to bookmark that uh, for later. Okay, Michael, so before we start, um, uh, it is important to mention that this is episode uh, 33 and we are recording that on November the 26th in 2020. Also, a short announcement before we start. Um, we have created an ebook and also a video course called Rapid Docker on AWS. So if you are interested in ECS and Fargate and the difference, Rapid Docker on AWS is the perfect match for you as well because the, the book and the, pot, uh, and the video is about how to deploy your application on AWS in a containerized way. So we have examples for PHP, Node.js, um, Python, Java, and those examples is something you can use as a blueprint to containerize your application first and then to deploy the infrastructure on AWS um, to bring that up and running uh, in the cloud. So the infrastructure, that's important to mention, it is um, main, almost maintenance-free or very low maintenance effort required because it uses Fargate, which we will discuss in this podcast episode later. And um, it's also production ready. So we have everything in place from security to deployment pipeline. Everything is just um, ready to use and should really jumpstart your um, container uh, in the cloud experience. So definitely check that out. You will find a link uh, in the show notes to uh, Rapid Docker on AWS. And now back to you, Michael. So what's the difference between ECS and Fargate? Yeah, so before we uh, start with uh, answering this question, let me like step back and actually um, talk a little bit about the background. So what we are going to discuss today is a way to run Docker containers on AWS. So that's um, kind of the problem we try to solve. And for this um, problem, there are um, two uh, solutions from AWS. And one is around the Elastic Container Service, or ECS for short, And then we have the uh, Elastic Kubernetes Service, EKS for short. So those are the two, I would say, competing offerings. 
they kind of do the same thing, but in different ways. So the question that you could ask yourself is, should I use ECS or EKS? So that's a very valid question. That's something that you should consider. We are not going to discuss this in the podcast today, but we have a good blog post for that as well. So if you're interested in that, uh, I will add the link into the show notes to help you to decide between ECS and EKS. So now we are zooming in a little bit into the ECS world. So the Michael, question is... Before you proceed, Michael, I have a question. So um, before for that, maybe what is ECS and EKS all about? So what, what is it? <laughs> What's behind those terms? Yeah. So they are in general um, what is called a container scheduler, which means they control and manage workloads that run in a cluster, but they don't execute the workloads. So for example, ECS takes care of managing the life cycle of a so-called task. And a task can consist of one or multiple containers. And ECS, for example, decides, okay, I want to run this task on this specific host. Or if, uh, for example, a task goes down, ECS will uh, kind of understand that. They will kind of uh, look through all the tasks continuously. And then they will uh, recreate the task on another node, for example. Or you can say, okay, I want to drain this node because I have to do some maintenance on this node. I want to scale it down. Then ECS will reschedule all the tasks, for example. And ECS also is aware of, for example, availability zone. So ECS makes sure that not all of the tasks of foreign service run in the same availability zone. So it, 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 it is all about managing and placing um, workloads onto the cluster. But it is not necessarily about running those workloads. So that's what um, those two services do. So they both orchestrate container workloads. Um, and yeah, so I think that's kind of the similarity between ECS and EKS. Mm. And so ECS stands for the Elastic Container Service. So this is a fully managed service provided by AWS. And actually, it's for free. So you don't pay for the container orchestrator here. And uh, But it only runs on AWS. So this is an option that's all only available on AWS. And EKS is the managed Kubernetes service uh, on AWS. So they, they, they use Kubernetes here and provide the, the, the control fleet uh, fully managed. Um, the, the thing here is that Kubernetes is something you can run on-prem or on Azure or on Google Cloud as well. So that's, I would say, the, the biggest uh, differences here. I mentioned that ECS is all about um, orchestrating container workloads. So you can imagine that this is kind of the control plane of your workloads. So a lot of systems today are designed in a way where we have a control plane and we have the data plane. So data plane is where the actual magic happens. So this is where, for example, data is stored or where um, compute happens while the control plane only only uh, kind of makes sure that those things are up and running and that you can, for example, stop something, you can start something, and you can maybe reschedule something. So, But only the functionality of scheduling is, I think, doesn't provide a lot of value because what we want to do is we want our Docker containers, right? So we need also something that executes that container. So we need uh, uh, an, a compute environment where those containers run on. And this is where we have, uh, with ECS, two options. And in EKS, you have actually three options. So in ECS, the two options are you can use EC2 instances to run the workloads, and those instances join the cluster, and then they communicate with the control plane, and the control plane kind of um, tells them what to do. The other option is using Fargate. So Fargate is a, um, a service that executes and runs Docker containers for you that are managed by ECS, or by EKS. So that's 
Again, something that you can take into account. So if you choose EKS, you can also use Fargate. It, it works with both services. So it's not depending on ECS. Um, um, with EKS, you have a third option, which is, which is called a managed node pool. It's kind of in between. Um, it's kind of managed EC2 instances by AWS. So that's not available for ECS. There are no managed um, node pools for ECS. But yeah, we are going to focus on ECS here. So that's the last time I'm going to mention EKS, uh, hopefully. So... I said there are two options, the EC2-based approach and the Fargate-based approach. So we are going to dive into both of those options a little bit, and then we will compare them. So any questions so far, Andreas? No, that's that's totally fine. So maybe um, something that is uh, important maybe to mention. So uh, ECS uh, started uh, with only uh, the possibility to have EC2 instances to run your container workloads, and then Fargate uh, came came later, so this was an addition basically, and now we have that um, managed compute um, infrastructure that we can use instead of EC2 instances as well. So maybe just just to have that as a, a background information where we are coming from with ECS, and also yeah, that's maybe good to know. Yeah, that's the history, right? And um, great, Andreas. Okay, so when an EC2 instance joins an ECS cluster it is uh, kind of known as a so-called ECS container instance. But it is, in the end, an EC2 instance that you manage. So it appears in the list of EC2 instances. It looks like any other EC2 instance. Um, you usually use uh, one of the AMIs provided by AWS that are optimized for um, ECS. But in theory, you could use any AMI that you wish that runs the so-called ECS agent. So an ECS Container instance is basically nothing else than an EC2 instance that runs a ECS agent. And the agent will kind of communicate with the control plane. And if the control plane decides that this ECS container instance should run a workload, then the agent will make that happen. So that's kind of the job of the agent. Um, the, the benefits of this approach are you don't pay anything extra for all of that. You only pay for the EC2 instance and the whole ECS control plane is free of charge. Andreas, you mentioned that already. So it's a very cost-efficient way of running Docker workloads. But there is a problem. Because of you are responsible for EC2 instance, you also have uh, lots of things to do. For example, it's your job to patch the operating system. It's your job to keep the ECS agent up to date. Um, it is your job to scale the cluster, for example. And that is not very easy. So you can also say that this is a very hard problem. So scaling out and scaling in the cluster is not so easy as it sounds. Um, there are some improvements in this area um, using the, um, uh, how are they called, uh, capacity providers, um, but it's still, it is kind of clumsy. So there's some operational effort that you have to add. Yes, Michael. So so we, we worked on that problem multiple times, right? So scaling the underlying EC2 instances is not that easy because basically you have two problems. Um, when you scale the container workloads uh, on ECS, so the number of containers increases, you also have to scale the number of EC2 instances. That's that's one part of the job. But on the other side, you want to make sure that you are not wasting resources by having uh, instances running that are just running a very small container and are wasting a lot of CPU and memory resources. So fragmentation is the problem here. And yeah, to implement scaling up and scaling down of an EC2 uh, instance cluster for, for ECS, this is basically, um, yeah, very, uh, this is really a challenge, uh, even with those new features that AWS announced um, um, about a year ago. So we have a blog post on that. We should definitely link that in the show notes. 
um what you have just if you want to just take away one thing um it's not that easy to manage the ec2 instances for your cluster especially if you have a dynamic workload and if you want to make use of um uh, scaling uh, containers and maybe one more side note here you, the, the thing is you typically don't only need scaling for um increasing and decreasing workloads you need scaling of the infrastructure as well for being able to do a deployment so if you do blue green or rolling updates um for for deployment you need more capacity in your cluster for a short period of time so even if you don't use auto scaling uh, you probably need a scaling ec2 infrastructure for ecs because of the deployments that you do on the on the cluster um so that's yeah not that not that easy to do and um that's probably um yeah it looks easy at the beginning and then if you if you go into it uh, it's getting harder yeah that's true okay um so that's probably the, the the biggest like downside of of an ecs container instance if is that the management is is actually not for free so you have to do something you have to uh, allocate time uh, to make sure that everything is up and running and and is up to date so the, the, the big benefits here are um, that you can run this on Linux or Windows. So it's uh, ECS supports both and ECS container instances can be Linux or Windows based. So you can run Windows containers on your cluster if they are, um, if Windows hosts are joined uh, to the cluster. And one thing that, that kind of uh, confuses um, us and our clients often is that if you run on Linux, um, then you, for example, have a Docker host, an ECS container instance with, let's say, four vCPUs. And you start a container or a task and you allocate uh, two cores to that container. Um, but what you realize is that if that is the only workload running or if the other workloads are not busy, the workload can actually use up to four vCPUs. So it has guaranteed two vCPUs, but if there is no workloads running and competing for those uh, kind of uh, unused resources you can actually burst uh, and use all the four cores which is actually a good thing because you kind of utilize the instance better um, but this is something you have to take into account if you switch to Fargate because Fargate doesn't allow you to use any unused CPU shares you only get what you pay for so and that's it um, um, and this is the right time to talk about Fargate Andreas so what is Fargate so with Fargate you can still use ECS to uh, manage your workloads but the big difference is that there's just no ec2 instances so there are no container instances anymore so there's nothing for you to do here so no operating system to patch no uh, scaling activities to do um, you just care about the containers so you provide the docker you provide the docker image and you uh, configure how the service should look like so how many instances do you want to run of of this task set and then it is going to work each um, task gets an Elastic Network interface, so it has a security group, it has a private IP address. Um, it, they also now support um, IP version 6 in Fargate. So you, you basically, it feels like an EC2 instance, right? So the, the, it, it, is, it has an ANI, it has an Elastic Network interface, but it is a container. And that is pretty cool um, because all the complexity behind that is managed by AWS. Um, you, of course, pay a price for that. So Fargate containers are... Uh, more expensive if you compare them to EC2 instances, but you also get a lot of uh, kind of features and, and functionality for that price. So it is uh, reducing your operational burden 
uh, quite dramatically, I would say. So, Andreas, anything else to add to Fargate, uh, or should we start with the comparison? No, I, no, I cannot highlight enough. So, Fargate is really um, removing a lot of complexity of your infrastructure because uh, with when you use ECS with EC2 instances underneath, you basically do all the work twice. You, you scale your virtual machines, you scale your containers, you patch your containers, you patch your uh, virtual machines. So basically the complexity really increases here um, instead of decreasing for, for having that um, abstraction layer on top. And Fargate removes all that. So you, you only have one layer that you need to care about. You only have the containers. Everything else is abstracted away and is managed by AWS. And this is really a game changer. And and I would say, so if you're, for, from a business perspective, um, running container workloads on EC2 um, is really, um, yeah, you're basically doing everything twice. You have the virtual machines and then you have the containers on top of that. And with Fargate, um, that makes a lot more of sense and, and reduces complexity a lot. And every time we have been able to switch from EC2 to Fargate in, in projects that we do for our clients, really the, the operational effort was, was really reducing significantly. So I can highly recommend that. Um, maybe um, is that something you want to talk about later, the, the restrictions, the limitations of Fargate? Yeah, so that's basically what, what, what comes next, Andreas. So this is where I kind of compare the two options, and this is also where the restrictions and the limitations uh, are kind of mentioned. So let's get started with that. So the first thing to understand is that uh, ECS container instances support Windows workloads, and Fargate does not. So if you want to run a Windows container, then this is not possible in Fargate at the moment. Uh, so that uh, is kind of um, then, and, and basically the only option left is the, the EC2 approach. Um, the other thing that you have to mention is that Fargate has quite some uh, strict um, upper limits for resources. So, for example, on Fargate, you can allocate up to four vCPUs and up to 30 gigabytes of memory. So, with an EC2 approach, an ECS container instance, I looked up the, the biggest instance types that are available at the moment. So, these are the bare metal instances. So, you can get up to 448 cores and 26 terabytes of memory. And <laughs> um, so, that, that's kind of a different thing. So, if, if your container does not fit uh, or does not work well with four cores and 30 gigs of memory, then Fargate is, is unfortunately not an option for you. And I could imagine that that actually is for memory intensive stuff. So, that, that could be a problem. Um, so and then you have to um, look for ECS container instances. Yeah. Also important to mention here is there are a lot of specialized instance types. So you have instance types with G, uh, GP, GPUs, so graphical um, processing units, or you have um, EC2 instances with um, additional storage attached to the instance itself, SSDs or something like that. So this is also not available on Fargate. On Fargate we have... Um, yeah, just general purpose uh, compute power. And with, with ECS uh, container instances, we have much more variety uh, to choose from. Yeah, you're right. And remember when I talked about the Max uh, vCPU that um, on, on Linux, uh, you can burst an ECS container instance. Like if a, a container runs on an ECS container instance, a Linux one, you can burst uh, um, uh, if there are resources available, it's not working on Windows and it's not working on Fargate uh, for Linux as well. So that's just something to keep in mind. So the problem here is that we see if we, we saw migrations where we moved from ECS container instance to Fargate and we had exactly the same specification. So, for example, two vCPUs are allocated. But on Fargate, the thing was much slower. 
And the reason for that is just that, okay, on the ECS container instance, it always used more than two cores. Yeah, I can tell you a story about that. So um, um, a consulting client asked me about, they were solving the problem. They, they had uh, ECS with EC2 instances, and then they switched to Fargate. And what they observed is it took really minutes. I think it was five or even more minutes to start the container. And they were wondering about that and uh, were not sure what was going on. And they had the exact same specification from CPU and memory perspective for the, for the container. But it took so much longer to start. And the reason for that was, was exactly the same thing. So this, the CPU, they limited it to, I think it was only a half of a CPU core that they attached to the container. And when they run the workload on EC2 instances, this was no problem because for the short period for the startup, um, the container was just allocating the whole uh, available CPU capacity of the machine. But now on Fargate, with only half of a CPU, it now took yeah, five or ten minutes to start the container. So they were, they were really um, uh, wondering uh, why this was about. And this was, um, yeah, this was just because Fargate is, is not allowing you to burst the CPU performance here. So that's something you definitely have to keep in mind. Uh, it might be a problem or it might be just something that uh, you need to be aware of. Yeah, and, and there's also like a problem to actually discover that because with CloudWatch, you get one metric per minute, one data point per minute. So it's it's actually not so easy to see there. Um, the question is, so why do you actually allocate only half a CPU? And that's because of the pricing model of Fargate. Because the more resources you allocate, the more expensive it gets. So if you allocate uh, one CPU instead of two CPUs, it's just half the price, basically. So that's why uh, you kind of try to only allocate as less as possible to make this workload running in a performant way. And while with ECS container instances, you pay for the EC2 instance, no matter um, uh, how many uh, containers run on that. And with Fargate, you pay per task and then per allocated resources like memory and CPU. So that's a little bit different here from the um, like the pricing perspective. So when we talk about pricing, it's also important to understand, okay, what kind of discounts can we get? So with the ECS container instances approach, you have, I think, three options. You can get reserved instances, like EC2 reserved instances. So that's kind of the old way of doing it. And there are like plenty of options to do that. I mean, you can have uh, one-year term, three-year terms, all up front, nothing up front, um, an ASAT reservation, should they be convertible? And I mean, there are so many options and that's a whole different uh, episode. So on top of that, you have savings plans. And you can use uh, two different types of savings plans. You can use the EC2 ones and you can use the compute savings plans. And then also you have spot instances. So those are kind of all of the, the options to, to, to make the workload more, um, like to optimize your costs. Um, on Fargate, we have compute savings plans and we have spot pricing as well. And those are both of them are, are, are new features. So if you have not looked at Fargate for um, a couple of months, then and definitely check out compute savings plans and spot uh, for Fargate. So those are basically like compute savings plans is an option to kind of commit to a certain usage. So for example, you can say, I commit to AWS that I um, spend this amount of dollars um, for the next year on compute. And then you can use it for Lambda, you can use it for Fargate, and you can use it for EC2 which is very handy if you think about a migration. And spot is the same as for EC2. I mean, it's it's significantly cheaper, but the workload could be interrupted at any time. Okay, so 
What else needs to be discussed? Um, operational effort. So this was already mentioned by Andreas. So if you compare the operational effort of both approaches, you will realize that ECS container instances are um, or require more effort uh, to operate because you own the EC2 instances. So all the problems attached with that are on your table. Uh, compared with Fargate, where your problem basically starts with the Docker image. Uh, and this is um, uh, something that you also have to care about if you run it on ECS container instances. So um, you cannot get rid of that problem. Um, another thing I want to talk about is storage, Andreas. And you mentioned one important uh, aspect already. This is the so-called instant store. So storage that is available to the hypervisor directly. So you have access to that with uh, ECS container instances. Um, it's not available for with Fargate. So if you want to do like massive data crunching, um, then Fargate is probably not the choice um, that, that will help you. Um, both of these options support EFS. So you can mount EFS um, uh, like the NFS uh, shared file systems to uh, both ECS container instance workloads and also Fargate workloads. Um, it's not. It's only Linux. Um, it's, it doesn't work with Windows. Um, and then what we also have for a storage option, like for the block storage option, is EBS. And I would say it kind of works with ECS container instances. It's still a little bit hacky, uh, but there's no option to do that on Fargate. So uh, if you if you need a, a real like shared file system, uh, then EFS is is the, the choice uh, for you that works on both our um, platforms. Okay, Andreas, I have one last kind of uh, dimension to compare the two services against. Um, should I go with that or have you any comments so far? No, I don't think I have any comments. So maybe just one comment. So EFS, maybe back to EFS, so the Elastic File System, I think you should be um, aware of the fact that um, this is an, a network file system over NFS and um, the performance is, um, so, so it really depends on the workloads um, that you can run on EFS. So if you have workloads where you really have many, many small files that you need to to write or to read, um, EFS might be um, a problem. So yeah, use it carefully. So I would say it's it's an option, but you should uh, double check if it really works for a specific scenario. We have uh, seen problems with that multiple times. Um, yeah, now I'm interested in the different networking options. So what are the differences there? Yeah, so that's the last dimension I want to compare the two offerings um, against. And with Fargate, the, the network um, kind of model is actually that each task gets an ANI. And if you have multiple containers in the same task, you can communicate with each other um, using localhost. So each container listens on a port. For example, we have like the, the classic example is that the PHP example where we have an Nginx running and PHP FPM. So PHP FPM is the, the engine that runs the PHP scripts. Nginx serves all kinds of files. And if there's a PHP file requested, it reaches out to PHP FPM. So there are two containers running. And if Nginx wants to reach out to PHP FPM, it makes a call to a localhost um, and then port, I don't know, the port that PHP FPM listens to. And Nginx itself listens on port 80, for example. So the, what I like about this approach is that it really feels like you run just different processes on an EC2 instance, uh, but it is actually containers. Um, so from my understanding, it feels very naturally if you compare it to how EC2 instances works. So if you run ECS container instances, then you have many more options. You have the ENI per task option as well. 
But there are certain restrictions, so you cannot attach uh, infinite amount of ENIs to an EC2 instance. It also depends on the instance type, how many ENIs you can attach. So that's actually more complex than it might sound. Um, but it, uh, you have to really, like, usually you need big instance types and also the expensive ones to make this um, work. But you have also all the other options that Docker offers for networking. So you can share your host network, for example, and you can use the Docker overlay network. And so this is all options that are available. So there are um, more options, but in the end, I'm not sure if that really is a big benefit or not, because for me, the ENI per task approach is the one that feels more natural and where you also get all the security benefits with security groups. Because otherwise, the security group of the ECS container instances controls the traffic that goes in and out. And this is where things get very tricky because you cannot really be very fine granular um, if you're not having an ENI per task. So that's why I usually, like if from a security perspective, the ENI per task approach is, is the superior one. But I mean, the drawbacks are, as I mentioned, that you cannot attach uh, as many ENIs or as you wish to an EC2 uh, instance. So that's kind of the problem here. Okay, Andreas. So that's kind of my... Uh, comparison. Um, so the cool thing about Fargate is that there are really lots of new features added in the last um, couple of, or the last months or last year, I would say. So Fargate is really becoming more and more powerful. And that's why I kind of updated this blog post that we had out for quite some time. Um, and because it really changed a lot and, and Fargate gets more and more attractive, I would say. Yeah, very cool, Michael. Thanks for that. And thanks for going uh, through the differences uh, for again for me. Um, I have a question, um, Michael. Can you share maybe an example where you are using Fargate? So just to get a feeling which kind of workloads can be uh, put on a Fargate. Do you have any examples, real-world yeah. examples? Yeah, so I have two, two examples that come to my mind that are very different. So the, the first example is the classic, um, like, web application that runs on Fargate and connects to a database and it runs behind the load balancer and it's scaled based on the number of uh, requests on the load balancer. So in this case, it's a PHP application, but I mean, that could be anything and it connects to an Aurora serverless um, database. So that's the one option where something runs 24-7. The other um, use case that I can talk about is, um, for example, you mentioned the Rapid Docker on AWS book, right? Mm -hmm. So when a customer buys uh, a book, uh, an ebook from us what what happens in the background is that um we we get a webhook from the payment processor and this webhook triggers a step function and this step function actually kicks off a container in fargate that renders your ebook so it is a personalized ebook with uh, like your name for example is added to the ebook and some kind of codes to make sure that this is really your ebook and it renders the PDF, the EPUB, and the mob, uh, mobile, um, the, the, like the Kindle version. And, and this is like takes a couple of, I think it came around one minute. And then the, the task is shut it down and, and it, it is gone. So those are the two options. So you can use it for 24-7 workloads, but you can also just fire up tasks and do something and then shut them down like a kind of, a, also kind of a Chrome job or things like this. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that reminds me, there's a, we have a blog post on that as well. So how to do uh, a scheduled uh, job on Fargate uh, also by using a step function to also make sure to monitor that container execution to get notified if, if something goes wrong. Okay, yeah, I, I want to add another scenario. So you, you can say maybe Fargate fits best for modern web applications or for modern 
applications that follow uh, the stateless uh, server uh, principle. Um, but um, what I what I've done with Fargate as well is that I think this is a really cool example. Um, so there's Oracle Apex. So this is basically you have the Oracle database, and then Apex is um, a framework that you can use to build web applications. Um, the data is of course stored in the Oracle database, and then with Apex you can create uh, front ends, so formulas, tables, everything, and um, so I would say this is more of a legacy system. And um, basically what I've been doing uh, with the client is um, we deployed that to Fargate as well. So the stack consisted of an application load balancer. Behind that, we had uh, an ECS service that was running on Fargate. And this was basically the, the Apex has a web server part of it. This was running on Fargate and was connecting to an RDS Oracle instance uh, in the back in the background and uh, so this was really a way to to lift and shift um, a legacy application to aws but not to ec2 which you normally do and normally you do it without containerization at all but but it yeah it, it fitted very well into into that scenario because uh, apex itself the web application layer is stateless so that works very well and it's a it's an example that a fargate can also be used for legacy applications and lift and shifts but Typically, I would say it's it's more uh, or it fits better for for greenfield projects that start with uh, architecting for the cloud. But yeah, possible as well. Yeah, that 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 that's a good example, Andreas. So I think it's time for the summary, right? Or anything else to add here? No, absolutely. Um, that's that's perfect. Okay, so I hope that you kind of uh, understand now why ECS or Fargate is actually not the right question to ask. So the question would be ECS or EKS. And if you decide for ECS, then the question is container instance or Fargate. Um, so that's uh, important to understand. So what are actually the, the, the differences here? Yeah, so basically you choose uh, ECS or EKS, you choose the, the cluster uh, or the container orchestrator. And then EC2 or Fargate, you choose the compute infrastructure underneath. So that's basically yeah. the distinction. That's right. And as Andreas mentioned, we learned it the hard way. Running such a ECS container cluster is not as easy as it might sound if you want to scale it. Um, so uh, definitely consider Fargate uh, for workloads uh, today because um, the, 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 the downsides or the, the missing features are actually getting, like the list of missing features is getting um, smaller and smaller. Uh, check out the comparison table um, in the blog post that is linked in the show notes for the details. So with that, thanks for listening to the podcast. Before you leave, please review our podcast, for example, on Apple Podcasts. You can also share this episode with your friends because learning new things about AWS is always fun, right? And your feedback helps us to improve the podcast. You can reach us via email or Twitter. The details are in the show notes. We are back in two weeks. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.